0: You're listening to Steve Dace On Demand. Lock and load. This is Steve Dace.
1: The Steve Dace Show.
2: And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show live on the blaze on demand I am Steve Dace. They are Todd and Aaron. And you are you. And we plan on talking to you today. We will open up the phone lines later in this hour at 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. We're going to do a little focus group here on uh, the Steve Dace Show, similar to what I've done uh, in uh, my my professional work uh, on the political side of things. Um, I want to test something. But I've got to test it with a focus group and you're going to be my focus group coming up a little bit later on. 888-900-3393. You can also let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. At Steve Day Show. For those of you listening on the podcast, uh, via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, etc. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Coming up a little bit later on, I mentioned we're going to open up the phone lines in this hour. Next hour, our daily truth bomb, otherwise known as my contrived attempt to drive more pre-order book sales uh, for my next book, Truth Bombs. Uh, And then some theology Thursday as well. But first, We have to go about the proper order of business here. And we need an update, courtesy of Aaron, on what happened while we were away.
3: What happened while we were away brought to you by This Is Not Good. Michael Cohen is pleading guilty to lying to Congress. It previously pleaded guilty to campaign finance and bank fraud charges back in August. Police in Houston raided the offices of Cardinal DiNardo. He's the president of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. They were searching for evidence of quote-unquote secret archives related to clergy sexual abuse. A story that's been developing this week out of Broward County, Florida involves the lawsuit against Jan Jordan. Up until this week, Jordan was a captain for the Broward County, Florida Sheriff's Department. She was in charge while a gunman murdered 17 people at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. It was revealed recently she was the one who ordered a perimeter to be set up around the school rather than going in and confronting the shooter. That decision, along with a very slow response time, led to a lawsuit against her by parents at Stoneman Douglas. She's since resigned but the story isn't over there. Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel spoke about the hiring process for Jan Jordan earlier this week. i within the contract asked for me to provide her with three
0: promotable or people that were already the rank of captain or higher. She had asked for some diversity appropriately so I gave her three names one of the names I gave her was Captain Jordan. Parkland, the city of Parkland, set, set up an in-house review, a board, if you will, a selection board. No member of the Broward Sheriff's Office, including myself, was on the board. That's the way Parkland wanted it. And Parkland selected uh, Captain Jordan. And that was the etymology of how that came about.
3: Yep, she got her job because diversity. Stormy Daniels buried her former attorney, Michael Avanetti in a statement she released yesterday saying she doesn't know what happened to all the money crowdfunded for her safety and well-being. Mood, American Revolutionary. You and me both, sister. A guy named Dylan Pontiff, who is one of the organizers of the Drag Queen Story Hour for Lafayette, Louisiana, is here to sell you on the concept of Drag Queen Story Hour.
1: And I am not here to obviously change anyone's views about me. But I'm here to let you know that this event is something that's going to be very beautiful. And for the children and the people that support it are going to realize that this is going to be the grooming of the next generation. We are trying to groom the next generation to not see the way that they just did. And just because I said that, you heard the little poor people behind me. It's disgusting.
3: And now, this. We're gonna spread free. Obama's gonna change it. Obama's gonna lead them. We're gonna change it and rearrange
4: it. We're gonna change the
3: world.
5: I was extraordinarily proud of the Paris Accords because, uh, look, I know, you know, uh, you know, I, I know we're an oil country and, uh, we need American energy, and, and by the way, uh, American energy production. Uh, you wouldn't always know it, uh, uh, but you know it went up every year I was president. Um, and you know that whole suddenly America's like the biggest oil producer and the biggest ga- uh, That was me, people. I just wanted to. So so. Uh, <laughs> It's a little like you know. Sometimes you go to Wall Street and folks would be grumbling about anti-business. And I said, "Have you checked where your stocks were when I came in office? And where they are now? What? What are you talking? What are you complaining about? <laughs> just say thank you, please." Um, because because I want to raise your taxes a couple percent.
3: And that's what happened while we were away in two minutes or less.
2: Did that just for you, Steve? Still creepy, yeah. that little girl after all these years. You know, I've never seen the video. You never did. I never have. If, if that little kid is not being indoctrinated and coached, then I, I don't know what brainwashing looks like. I mean, it, it looks like she's looking off into the distance at the lyrics. Okay. I mean, but um, let's start with the very first item in the montage. And that's uh, Michael Cohen's uh, plea today of lying to Congress. Uh, here's the thing. And some of you, maybe a lot of you, uh, because we've seen our audience uh, grow fairly substantially since coming over here to The Blaze as well as CRTV, you may be a little new to how we do things, but I'm not big into ready, fire, aim. I'm hot-headed enough. I'm reactionary enough. I'm uh, fiery enough. uh, I, I, I don't need any help. Uh, in that regard, and it's frustrated some of the networks and other people we've worked with in the past. You know, if there was a mass shooting and we were live on the air and we were not instantly ready with all of our uh, hot takes while you know they're pulling out body bags, but I, I'm I'm not going to believe anything I see on any reports on this. So I'm I'm going to read. No, stay with me here. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the filing in court. I'm going to read it before I comment on it. That's what I got. I'm not just going to sit here and go back and forth on, you know, tweets from mainstream media outlets and hot takes, which, and, and, you know, I understand that it limits the following I would grow if I did that. And that's okay. It also limits the ass clownery that I will be guilty of later on. By going by by doing business this way, because I'm I I do enough of it on my own. Like I I will do enough of it when I have taken the time to think things through. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't need to add ready fire aim to my repertoire. All right, so I'm we're gonna this will be highlighted uh, tomorrow on the day's group. It'll probably be the lead item. In fact. But we're, This has all been going on in real time. I mean, as we were getting ready for this show, we have another show we tape before we do this show, and that's when the, the pleas and everything were being entered in. Uh, we we did this with the with the noons with the noons memo. Is it noons? It is noons, right? Or I Nunez. It was Nunez. I can't remember. Okay. With that one memo from the guy regarding uh, Rosenstein's yeah, time. Yeah. I, I mean, we like read it before we commented on it, like all of us did, you know? So and same thing with Schiff. Yeah. And the, the Schiff memo, we did that too. I mean, this is, this is something serious. All right. The, the attorney, the personal attorney, remove labels, titles, letters after their name as a standalone story. It is a major story that the personal attorney for more than a decade of the president of the United States. Is is swearing under oath in federal court that he, at the direction of the president, lied to Congress. Okay, so I want to make I want to read that filing for myself before I just quickly respond to whatever the hot take at Breitbart or at CNN is. If that's okay with everybody else,
6: it's okay. And I really appreciate your insistence on doing things like actually trying and stuff. But didn't you just learn that if you just mm-hmm. lean back in your chair a little bit and look really cool, you can say and do anything and just kind of talk in a casual drawl and hey man give thank thank me for everything I've done for you all that yes money, praise man. Barack
2: from whom all yes, blessings all those, flow all yes. those roads
6: you got I did that you didn't do that that was amazing where did he get that drawl from that's even it's he must even have been speaking silky smoothness just man I so you can keep on trying all you want man but I mean he, he just gave you I'm just can I, I'm just gonna do this you're welcome to perpetually man because yeah. everything I say sounds cooler <laughs>
2: It is fascinating to watch him since you went there. You you skipped a few subjects in between, which I'll be able to double back and address. I'm just
6: trying to help you, man. You're trying so hard you don't got it. (laughs) Just put your feet up and be cool. Yeah,
2: I am trying to be conscientious. Uh, Todd prefers that we just try to be cool. Instead, I will say it it is fascinating to watch him operate outside the trappings of the office. And... Um, I, yeah. there is more of a – listen, I, I find it nauseating, okay, politically. And, I, and the idea that you can still blame George W. Bush for your lack of economic growth uh, five years into your administration – but two years into your administration, since your administration left, you can take uh, credit for all of the current economic growth we're saying is a complete, <laughs> total scam. <laughs> cool it's just, is cool, man. It's a cool complete cool. scam. There's no other way to describe that. It's a complete and total just scam. Okay. I will also say this, though, that um, underestimate him at your own peril. And the, he, the cool factor you're talking about is you can see, and this is the danger we have in conservative media of creating for you constructs and straw men. Because the construct in the straw man, I mean, I even interviewed, I don't remember the gentleman who wrote the book. It was a New York Times bestseller, The Amateur. And we had this, we had this sort of construct in straw man and I did it too um that that this was some kind of naive academic, just kind of fumbling between the raindrops at columbia university uh and and one day you know. Uh, his, uh, his student ID said Barry Satoro, and the next day it said Barack Hussein Obama. Just, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, he's dropping the lung dart here or, you know, ingesting some wacky tabacky over there. And, uh, you know, he's just kind of hanging out and, under you know, uh, doing community organization. That, right? This was kind of the caricature that all of us in conservative media, to some extent, bought into and or sold one another there is and you you're seeing it now that the mask is off. And what I mean by the mask is that the tra- the difference between here's the major difference between Donald Trump and Barack Obama as men is Donald Trump feels very little pressure to alter his persona because of the trappings of the office. And and you're starting to see that in Now that we're seeing, getting to know Barack Obama, the human being now, and he doesn't have to win over any of your votes whatsoever, you're starting to see that he probably went too far in limiting himself by the trappings of the office. He kind of went the other way. Because if you're wondering, because this is one of the major struggles we on the right had all these years. We would look at John Boehner and Mitch McConnell, right? And they'd they'd go up to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and come out with nothing. How many times do we? How many times did I do that show? How many times did I write that column? And I wasn't alone. Too many, right? And you're wondering why are you losing to this guy? Because the caricature we had was what I described a few minutes ago: some naive dude with a with a questionable parental lineage, and uh, you know, academic construct naive to the the guy you're seeing in these videos. Now that's a guy you can see working the system and bending it to his advantage. You could see that, can't you? That you can see, that's that is not the caricature that we sold ourselves and one another on during his political ascendancy. Is your begin and this is, this goes to what I've been trying to say about Ocasio Cortez or the rest of these people. I know it's great clickbait and it makes us all money and it's entirely possible. By the way, Ocasio Cortez really is the Marxist version of Miss Teen South Carolina. I think I'm not saying she's not, but notice we do this with like anybody they put mm-hmm. up there. You make, you are doing, you have, sometimes you got to make a choice. Do I want to make a living or do I want to live? And what do I mean by that is, you know, it, it, if, when you're peddling propaganda and some of us on the right are, not all propaganda is bad. We dropped all kinds we lit bombed Eastern Europe with propaganda for how many years it was called radio free America. I mean, not all propaganda is bad. And much, of, and much of what we do on the right as a counter-narrative to their propaganda is our own. But you have to be careful that you're not too good at it. Remember that poll the RNC had last fall? <laughs>
3: Your favorite one.
2: My favorite poll of all time in my entire political career, it's my favorite poll, that the number one cause of Republican voter depression is that they think all the polls that show that they're going to lose are fake news. And that there's no way the Democrats could win the House. Remember that poll? Yes. That's, where you're, that's now where your propaganda is not propaganda now. It's a feedback loop. Meaning you're not countering a narrative or you're not, you're not pushing a narrative onto the other side. You're in a self-pleasuring circle. And everybody is sitting around, you know, raising a cheek, squeezing one off. And they're like, never smelled better. That's kind of what we're doing right now. And that's great to make a living with, by the way. I've seen so many careers get made the last few years doing this. People that were seeing their time slots on Fox News move to 3 a.m. are now the number one show on the network doing this. People who no one had ever heard of are now, you know, seeing download numbers that are skyrocketing doing this. But be careful. You don't don't go too far. And I just did a show yesterday. We talked about one of the key assets in going after Jack at Twitter was ridicule. It works. We're not saying it works or doesn't work. We're not saying never to do it. What we're saying, though, is you got to make sure you don't play yourself, Dave Chappelle. Because here's the thing. One of my most frustrating things as a sports guy is when you beat a really highly ranked team. And then what do the fans often chant afterwards?
3: Overrated. Yeah,
2: that's so dumb. Why? So you're so right away you're already diminishing the, uh, the, the, the the accomplishment you just had. I mean, if they're overrated, then why the hell are you so excited about beating these guys? Should have seen it coming all along. It, it, it's only momentous. It only matters if they're good. If they're overrated, then all right, let's just switch to the B game. Hey, uh, nice job. Moving on. No postgame. No need talking about this. You were counting on lucid analysis by academia? Or anybody, for that matter. Anywhere. Tell me, where do we go for lucid analysis these days, do you think, Todd? Thank you. South Park. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) True true facts. And there's the millennial, another country heard from once more. And he's not necessarily wrong, okay? Uh, So... You got to be careful you don't play yourself here. If you beat a really highly ranked team, they're not overrated. If you beat them, you want to, you want, maybe they are, but why would you want to push that narrative? That you would seem you'd want to talk about what a great win we just had. Similarly, if you keep making it seem as if every one of your political opponents are morons and then they beat you, what does that say about you? What does it say about you? So Barack Ob- stop and think about the narrative we pushed about Barack Obama for eight years. And then he kicked our ass all eight years. So either our narrative was bunk or we suck. And there's another option. Both. Yes. Both can be true. They cannot both be false now. They cannot both be false. But in this case, they could both be true. And at the very least, at least one of them is. So if indeed he's this meandering amateur academic... Who on a given day at Columbia in between lung darts and wacky tobacco ingestions, wasn't sure if his name was Barry Satoro or Barack Hussein Obama. And just jumped from community organizer, you know, raising money for social justice causes underneath the L train. And then just woke up one day and found himself a senator and said, I don't know how this happened. May, praise the laws of intersectionality. I'm one of only 100 people on planet Earth, a U.S. senator. And then just happened to stumble into the presidency. Oh, my goodness. I just happened to become the most powerful man on Earth. Okay. If that's who he really is and you can't beat him, what does that say about you? You want to tell me on one hand, Mitt Romney's a great man, and then tell me that on the other hand, Barack is the amateur? How does a great man lose to an amateur? Do you know? It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Tiger Woods was maybe the greatest amateur golfer of all time. When he was 16 years old, he didn't go out there and beat Greg Norman, okay? Come on, man. Think. Think for a second. And I think you're starting to see in some of these clips now you're starting to see an operator. You're starting to see some ego. You're now, you can reasonably now see a guy that is capable of bending the system to his will. Did you see that in the caricature we often created on conservative media and fed ourselves? Did you
6: see that? Well, here's what I think he's learned. I don't think the caricature is wrong. I think people love and want and respect the caricature. And he realized that and this is, and, and now we have the the 2.0, 3.0 version that you are right. That is Ocasio Cortez. She she reminds me a ton of him. And, and I don't think she can come close to, you know, holding his uh, jock when it comes to, uh, you know, he's actually got some level of gravitas that I don't think she has or, or will ever possess. But I think she's just as dangerous, perhaps even more dangerous, because the caricature has, it, it's, it's like transgenderism. People want something that is not the truth and have defined it as the truth. When you want that, you can be that confident as Barack Obama while still being something resembling that caricature.
2: One of the main reasons that the left lost to Donald Trump in the last election is because they believed in their own caricature of him. But even more so, they believed in their own caricature of you and they they refuse to admit the tr- see they could beat him if they would admit the truth if they would admit the truth that trump did not break the system he is the symptom of a broken system they could beat him but they won't admit that because they're even because because they're the system and so broken a fever can't break itself you see what i'm saying trump isn't the bug he's the fever he's the symptom And so they refuse to recognize that and so they keep falling for the caricature because the caricature to them is preferable. We have made the same mistake many, many times. And I think we made it with this guy for eight years. And here's, the, here's one of the undeniable truths of politics that has hold, f- held firm my entire career. Bad Republicans always lead to worse Democrats every single time. If George W. Bush would not have suspended the free market to save it, would not have gotten us down, I never really believed for three seconds we were really going to Iraq to bring democracy, which is why I was all for it. When I heard the left say, hey, they're going to colonize the place and confiscate the oil, I'm like, hot damn. That's why I'm, I'm, that's why I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I'm in, that's, yeah, I mean, um, I, I'm, in, I'm, I'm not against empire building. I'm against nation building. Those are two totally different things, guys, okay? God didn't tell the Israelites to go in there and teach the Edomites how to build wells. He told them, hey, go take the Edomites' wells, <laughs> all right? All right. I'm all fine. I'm totally fine with the empire building. No problem with it, particularly when it's of a defensive nature. You came at us. You came at us. All we were doing is selling the Saudis F-14s. You're the ones that sent your Saudi nationals over here to tear our towers down. You came at us. Empire building, I don't have no issue with it. Nation building is different. And if George W. Bush had not failed at those things, Barack Obama would have never been president, guys. And one of, the, one of the things that helped Barack Obama take advantage of George W. Bush's failures is the caricature we sold ourselves of him. And if Donald Trump turns out to not be a successful president, it will grease the skids for the next Marxist to take over. And, the, and, and, your, and our odds of defeating that person will be very low if we buy into the caricature again. What are your thoughts on this, Aaron?
3: Well, my, my first question would be, I mean, how do we, do we, does does this just involve, um, on the part of conservative media and conservatives as a whole, um, does this just require, is the antidote to this just some honesty? Is <laughs> is, is that what's really required here? Because... That's the the common theme. I mean, Kurt says, and it's kind of a simplistic statement, but Kurt Schilling on our sports show says uh, his dad told him, I think, um, when you're facing a tons of tons tons of problems in your life, one after the other, and the only common thread in each of these issues is you, um, then you're probably the the problem, bud. Mm-hmm. Well, when the the common meaning, issue, Kurt Schilling Kurt on our Kurt sports Schilling, show said that. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think I said that. Um, when when the the common theme of every single issue plaguing conservatism or whatever it is, the not left is a lack of honesty on the part of not only their thought leaders or media or themselves. Um, it seems like maybe honesty, um, just having an honest assessment about the world around you, maybe that's something that's missing because that's what I hear you saying, is that, that this was just the beginning or maybe a continuation of a lack of honesty. That's, that's something that we have to obviously get back to. The left... The left, leftism in America is never going to be honest because they have no concept of mo- uh, honesty because they're moral relativists and moral subjectivists. Mm-hmm. They have no concept of honesty. If we could actually be honest, though, about that and what they are capable because of that— then maybe we could actually start to uh, push back and fight back against it. But no, we have to make them into caricatures and we have to make them into jokes. And sometimes laughing about their faux pas is fun because we need a break from the the daily grind or what have you. But in mass, if we're going, if that's going to be our serious position about the left in this country, is that they're just a bunch of jokes? Again, we're doing that at our own, to our own demise, at our own expense, and that has to change.
2: Yes is the answer to your dilemma. Here's the thing. Here's what we're doing better with Ocasio-Cortez than we ever did with Barack Obama. And it goes to uh, when our own Ali Stuckey did the original parody interview with her. Most of the most of the parodying or pilloring we are doing of Ocasio-Cortez is on the basis of her inability to clearly articulate her own claims and, and beliefs. Some of it's Personal, but most of it is on the basis of she can't even defend her own belief system. How much is this going to cost? Yes, stuff like that. See that to me, when we' when it's on their ideas, that is when where that is when Mel Gibson looks at Joaquin Phoenix at the end of signs and says, What? Swing away. That's when that's that's when you ought to be ruthless. The reason the pushback on jacket Twitter over Jesse Kelly, w- the ruthlessness of his pillaring worked is because we didn't go after Jack for having lazy eye. I don't know that he does. I'm just making it, I, I, you know, I'm just throwing that out there. We went after the ridiculousness of their own terms of service. Of, uh, like, like Ben Shapiro texting out the, the excerpts of biology books, like me posting Bruce Jenner's highlight films. Okay, just the ridiculousness of, what, of his own practices, of his own beliefs, okay? The mistake we made with Barack Obama is we didn't do that. We went after him. He's a joke. He's, he's an illegal alien. He's not a natural-born citizen. Um, he's the amateur. He's not ready for the job. And, and that's why, again, Democrats win elections when they're about personalities and Republicans win them when they're about issues. Barack Obama was fine with you attacking him on a personal level because the narrative of I'm the first black president was going to trump all, no pun intended, was going to trump all of your personality narratives. And so that's where we have to we have to it, it is there's a difference between what's the easy gaffe and easy laugh and then what is a surgical strike. And we need to save most of our ridicule for the beliefs that are articulated rather than uh, rather than the personal uh, the the personal per, the persona or brand yeah. of the person themselves.
3: It goes back to what I said a, f- a few weeks ago is that the left in America um Uh, brand you as evil Mm -hmm. Um, conservatives should brand the left's ideology as evil it goes back to that Our, our ire should be directed at ideas
2: you have something you want to add to that clarification there before we have to get out of here
6: no, I ju- I think he's incredibly dangerous again because the Marhi uh, embraces uh, his caricature status. It's it's that that too cool for school thing is the best thing he's got going, and that's why I kind of related it to how you started the show. That because you actually said we're going to be sober adults here, and we're actually going to read something, and and I, he, it does not matter. He can say anything as long as he's leaning back in his chair with his feet up, and that's incredibly dangerous.
2: Yes. So, this is actually a good segue to the focus group we're going to conduct with the audience when we come back. Get your phones ready. 888 900 3393. I'm going to ask you a question that's going to seem simple on the surface, but it's really not. Stay tuned. Live on The Blaze, on demand at CRTV, this is the Steve Day Show. And uh, those of you that are with us on The Blaze probably caught Glenn's uh, recent program about home title fraud. They had the retired FBI agent on there talking about how easy it is uh, for someone to get access to the title to Glenn's home. And then they showed me uh, how easy it was for somebody to get access to the title of my home as well. And home title fraud is exploding. And the reason being, for most of us uh, here in America, the number one asset we're going to have is the equity in our home. And now all those home titles are online, which makes them easier to access than back in the day when you had to go down to the county recorder's office or whatever the local bureaucracy was and show ID and comb through mountains of records. You don't have to do that anymore, Uh, which makes the equity in your home even more vulnerable. And no, I've got identity theft protection as well. This will not protect you from home title fraud. That's why for pennies a day, You want to take a look at protecting your most valuable asset, asset, that home equity with home title lock. They'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect any sinister activity at all, they're on it to shut it down. And you never know, your home's title may already be compromised. Here's how you can find out. Sign up at HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com for your free title scan and report. Now, that's normally a $100 value, and they're giving it away to our audience right now at HomeTitleLock.com for free, HomeTitleLock.com. So before we came over to CRTV, uh, and now CRTV and The Blaze, we were on nationally syndicated, uh, about 75, 80 radio stations around the country with the Salem Radio Network from 9 p.m. to midnight, Eastern Time. And when uh, CRTV brought us off the radio over to them, and then now here to The Blaze as well, they needed a replacement. And Salem hired former Congressman Joe Walsh, to replace us in the evenings. And I, I saw this uh, tweet that uh, Joe put out a couple of days ago, and he was talking about one of his listeners' reactions to Maya Love. And Maya Love is now the defeated black Republican congresswoman from Utah uh, who was not a fan of uh, Donald Trump's uh, persona and behavior as a candidate or in the White House. And therefore, if, Trump is virtually incapable of liking anybody that doesn't like him and rising above that, okay? And then he's virtually incapable of disliking anybody that likes him regardless of how much of a reprobate that person happens to be. And that's just what you're dealing with when you're dealing with a random id, ego, super ego in motion. That's what you get, all right? And so he was furious at Maya Love, singled her out the day after the election because that's always really good. I mean, you want to convince people that the phony charges of racism against you are... Not true. So let me go out there and go after the only black woman in my entire caucus the day after the election and, and rip her for losing. I think that was, that was probably, that, I'm sure that was a memo right from the political team over there at the West Wing said, hey, go out there and rip the black chick. I'm sure they had that. Uh, that's the post election narrative you want to messaging, you think, or no? At
6: this point, it might have been the memo. I don't know anymore. <laughs> you, you know what? It,
2: it might have been. Forty chess yeah. to prove the racism's fake. Uh, you will not not only not pander, but you will rip the black woman by name to show you're so not racist, you just rip everybody. All right, That's the 4D chess play. That, that could be true. All right. And so they were talking about this apparently on Walsh's program the other day. And one of his callers called in and starts ripping Maya Love for uh, betraying the president. And uh, Congressman Walsh points out that she actually voted with Donald Trump on the Hill 95% of the time. And the same caller was like, well, I don't care. That's my president. Uh, You don't rip him like that. And so in response to this, I I asked our audience a question earlier this week. And uh, we did a poll on Twitter. And the question we asked, and here are the results. We asked you, if you're a Trump supporter, is it more important for a Republican to vocally support the president or vote in support of the president's policies? 91% of you said it's more important to vote in support of the president's policies. I'm not sure I believe that. Aaron, you don't believe it. Not for one second. Um, and, and, and the reason I don't believe that is because we're watching complete and total progressive Republicans like Devin Nunes or Nunez. I don't know how it's pronounced. Um, Chris Coons, Peter King. These guys are total rhinos. Go look at the Liberty scores at Conservative Review. They're terrible. And they're often regulars on cable news, particularly on Fox, and they're looked at in conservative circles as heroes. And their Liberty scores are awful. They're terrible. So before I call horsepucky, though, I want to conduct a little focus group here on the show. And I want to find out if you buy those poll numbers. If you really believe 91% of Trump supporters don't care, what people say about the president as long as they vote with his policies. Do you believe that? I mean, you, you know what conservatives, you know people that sit around and just watch, you know, Trump TV all day long and, and you know, TrumpOnline.com all day long. Do you believe that? Here's the number. 888-900-3393. 888 900 Do you believe? Now, it could be true. 91% of the Trump supporters that follow me believe this. Because the likelihood, if, if you are in a, the Cheeto Jesus crowd, you're only following me because A, you've got irritable bowel syndrome and you're trying to relieve your constipation or B, you just like to be, you, you just figured, you know, I, I like someone to forcibly stick needles in my eye or C, you're just not on Twitter anymore and you forgot to unfollow me because <laughs> okay. I'm not, I'm not, you're, I'm not in your target demo if that's you. All right. So that those numbers could right, I mean, those numbers could be inflated. Chances are, we're getting a more discerning Trump supporter than say, what you might see on Fox at you yes, know nine a.m. Eastern Mitchell. or Bill, yeah, who I don't believe is a real person. I, I don't. believe I need that.
6: more than a chance on that. I need a guarantee because if it's not true, sad. <laughs> Sad. (laughs) False
2: binary choice. Huff pose ripping of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or Bill Mitchell. Who you got? Who you got? got? Go, choose. Death. (laughs) Death. That's what I choose. Death. Russian roulette and make sure my chamber has the bullet. That's what I choose. Thank you. All right, so I want to know if you buy these numbers. How many of the people that you know in your circle believe that these notorious rhinos that are on TV every night are conservative heroes and never look at their voting records, have no idea how they're voting whatsoever, but believe they're conservative heroes because they defend Trump against the Mueller probe, you know, Russian, you know, fantasy, fic- conspiracy fiction, et cetera. So I have my own suspicions, but I just live in Des Moines. I want to find out what you across the fruited plain think. 888 933 is the number. Do you buy that number? Do you really believe 91% of Trump supporters are totally fine with people like my Love who disagree with some of the president's uh, behavioral tendencies provided that she votes for his policies? Do you believe that? How typical do you think that caller in a Joe Walsh's show really is? 888-900-3393, 888 Let's start in-house here. Todd, what do you think?
6: Listen, I think this is where – I, I don't believe that number, and this is where the magic R comes into play. Uh, even amongst people who are just trying, trying to keep uh, that North Star somehow in front of Trump, I think if they, if they were just being honest, I think, listen, man, um, I that magic R is all I got, man, because if I got to focus on the policy aspect of things let's let's all face it I don't know what Donald Trump's policies are I, I because the metric of a, a guy's policies is is not just what he says but he's willing to do is he willing to overturn Obamacare no is he willing to build the wall no I so all I'm left is with the magic R. and when Maya kind of sullies that by speaking up and having her own mind and, and not you know tattooing it on her forehead it just makes it harder on all of us I mean it, I'm, I'm begging you, work with me. Everybody has got to... They think everybody has got to somehow accept the fact that you have to deify this man. We've talked about this on the show. To get anything close to resembling what you want. You're just begging for scraps at this point. So they... This is not a new... I have no new argument. I'm pointing out to the argument about the magic guy that you've long made. It is a talisman that people have... It's... The, the gruel is so thin, man. It's when you you when,
2: when you go... How many people at your parish for example at, at a typical mass on Sunday how many of them are able to not to avoid the temptation of even when Trump is right he's wrong because I don't like him or even when he's wrong he's right because I do how many do you think are give me oh, a percentage oh.
6: how many are able to avoid the temptation yeah to do
2: that either way yes <sighs>
6: Oh, I will be generous and say 20%. Hmm.
2: That's actually maybe a little bit higher than I thought you were going to give me. Let's go to the phones. 888 900 You're buying those poll numbers from our own audience. Let's start in Pennsylvania with Diane. Diane, welcome to the Steve Day Show live on The Blaze on demand at CRTV. What say you?
4: Steve, I, I think that your poll was focused on the people who watch you, And so Mm -hmm. they try to support Trump's policies, but don't necessarily like him because I don't necessarily like him. But we have to support the things he does right. You know, I'm not an Mm -hmm. R person. I'm an independent. Mm -hmm. But, you Mm -hmm. know, I have to support that because what's the other side? Something's Mm -hmm. tons worse. Sure. I answered your poll with the 91%.
2: (laughs) But you think it's more reflective of the kind of folks that follow us maybe than Trump supporters in general? Is that what I hear you saying?
4: Absolutely, because I can tell you my husband is a Trump supporter because he's a Trump supporter. Uh So, you know. Okay. And I mean, it's just, just from my observation, the people around me who voted for Trump just like Trump. Well, he's, you know, bucking the system and whatever he's doing. Um, well, he can say what he wants because he's the president, you know, and I still like him. But someone like me, I don't like the things he says. I did not like what he when he mentioned Mia Love's name. I thought that was very crude and rude of him. But um mm-hmm. I still have to, you know, I have to be there when I like the things he likes when he, I like the things okay. he does. So. All
2: right. Wait, we appreciate and you thinking it through and joining the show today, Diane. See. God bless. Merry Christmas. Okay. Thanks for the call. Eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three, And then Diane's like, well, then my husband's like, Hey, it's Trump. He can do whatever he wants. See, cause that, that see, I, I think more people are more like yeah. her husband based on my experience, but I don't know. Let's find out. Let's go to Rick in New York. Rick, you're live on The Blaze, On Demand at CRTV. What do you think about this poll? Are you buying these numbers, Rick?
0: Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to reflect what your previous callers said. Yes, I, I I believe they're possible because it's your audience. I think if it were a larger mm-hmm. sample size, uh, you it, there would be more Trump sycophants, and that 90% number would go down. Also, it may be the way people react to a criticism of Trump with a knee-jerk reaction to defend him as opposed to putting this question in front of them and letting them think about it and making mm. the wiser choice.
2: That's a good point, and I think this is where we need to give maybe be a little bit more graceful too. because if you're the average Trump supporter— most most people, right, left, indifferent, don't have time to follow these the, the the news all day long, or to read the Liberty Scorecard, a conservative review, or whatever the liberal counter you know man is to that. And so they rely on on outlets like us or Fox or or the Blaze or C R T V or on the left Huff Poe, et cetera to kind of fill in the blank for them to stay informed. And it's difficult. When the number one news item is Republican congressman breaks from Trump on his behavior to not just suddenly think, hey, man, we're in a culture war here. Why don't you back us up a little bit? And so if the if the what I hear you saying, Rick, is if the question is framed or the dilemma or the confrontation is framed that way, kind of hard for people not to react that way. If you remove the emotion of it, though, remove the names and just say, what would you prefer? And cooler heads prevail. It's a little bit easier to maybe see a little bit more, more sober minded. I hear you saying that, Rick. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, that's ex- that's exactly true. You know, it's um, by posing the question, you give people the option to think before they speak, when more often than not, people speak before they think, okay? So, so yeah, that's mm. exactly what I'm saying.
2: All right, thank you for the call, Rick. Appreciate it. All Let's right, go to Barb in Ohio next. Live on The Blaze, on demand at CRTV, 888-933-93. 8 8, what do you think of these poll numbers, Barb? Uh,
7: well, Steve, it's a binary choice, and according to the education I'm getting from the DACE group. That's just not acceptable.
2: <laughs> I, think so. I hate when people make me live to my own standard. You're not supposed to do that, Barb. That's not how this Sorry works. About that,
7: Steve. I've been following you for a long time. Uh, I was Barb from Ohio when you were due in the primaries, and I really still email you frequently and bless your home constantly. <laughs> but I do believe that if you believe in the Constitution and the rule of law, it just depends on what the law is and what he says, whether you approve or disapprove of the president. You mm-hmm. can just keep some things to yourself, but mm-hmm. if you're asked, um, I think you have to go and live by your principles. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, it doesn't matter. There'll just be someone like Barack Obama willing to step into the limelight.
2: And that's I also what I I about it. I, 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 Barb, don't you think... Don't you think the president of the United States would have tremendous latitude to be as to be as um uh, as trolling as he wants to be if just once you saw him take the high road on something. Just one time. Oh, rather you know. Than, than, rather than kick Mia love when she's down like that. Just one time.
7: Just you know, uh Reagan wasn't the perfect president because no man is perfect, no woman is perfect.
2: I'm but not asking be perfect. So How about one gracious. time? He
7: was gracious. <laughs> yes. He was gracious, yeah. and and he was he showed humility, but he also showed confidence and strength. I just one time would like to see our president show all of those just once mm-hmm. in response to something that he could have oh, he could have built the black community Mia loves in the Republican Party of which I'm not a member by the way. Um, I, I left that organization before you did. But um, he could have made a difference. And words mean something, attitude shows something. And it's, um, he doesn't show that to me, and I wish he would. There's mm. something she does that I'm, I'm very happy Off. Appreciate Thank you it. Merry Steve Christmas. Have a wonderful day. You Merry know,
2: we have a, a sports situation happening in our state right now that 99% of our viewers are not aware of, but it's this, this exact conversation right now. And so the other night in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, University of Iowa was playing Pittsburgh on national television. And the uh, the radio, the, the longtime beloved radio play by play guy for Iowa, didn't know that his mic was hot during a commercial break and basically said, when I, and uh, yeah, I've heard Iowa fans say in my Twitter feed so many times the last few years, and Aaron, you're one of them. Mm-hmm. He basically said, we got to recruit better guards that can actually guard somebody. That's basically what he said. Yep. And he singled out one young man on the team who couldn't guard anybody on the Pittsburgh team, right? That's what happened, right? Yeah, yeah. couldn't
3: drive, couldn't, couldn't defeat them yeah. you know, offensively.
2: And, and so this goes out over a hot mic, and, and it's a major controversy, and, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be. Okay, but I, I, but again, to be fair to the Iowa coach, as much as I can, I can see why you wouldn't want your play-by-play guys singling out the deficiencies of your players. I get that too. Okay, so this is a perfect opportunity, though. to you know, the the play by play guy comes out and he's been a loyal soldier for years and apologizes. Great opportunity to show some magnanimity, magnanimity you know, to accept his apology. Maybe you get back at him by you have him run suicides out there at the arena for charity, you know, and create a funny viral video out of it that sends the message that he did wrong, but you know, also lets the oxygen out of the room. See, let lets some of that lactic acid out of the muscle after a real hard workout. You know, could could have done all those things. That's not what they did. Uh, they the A. D. at the school released a statement, uh, spanking him in public, uh, suspending him two days, and then referencing ongoing tensions, like basically you haven't drank enough of the Kool Aid around that, you haven't drank enough of the Kool Aid, you haven't fed it us enough, you haven't, which is yeah, totally untrue. Yeah, because that's his job professionally, <laughs> his job. and he's been there since the A. D. Okay, he's been there longer than that A. D. Right, and we've been sitting, we were sitting, here we talking this morning for Win we on the air. How? And so this has like become like a viral mini controversy here in our home state, and we were talking before we went on. There. How much easier would it have been, and how much more unifying would it have been, if the University of Iowa, instead of its leadership here, would have shown some forgiveness and magnanimity and taken the high road and, and made a humorous situation out of it? How much more potent and powerful of a moment would this be than what it is right now? That's kind of what we're asking of Trump, maybe one time, yeah, maybe one time.
6: But who's going to ask that of him? Because he's there because of the the, the party in place. That is incapable of making policy priority. We have no policies in this party. All we have is he's not them.
2: That's, That's it. That's that is exactly right. Yes. Hour two is next year, live on the Blaze on demand at CRTV. Stay tuned. Here with Hour 2 with the Steve Day Show live on the Blaze on demand at CRTV. Eighty-eight nine 933 93 is the number. 888-933-93 coming up later in this hour. Theology Thursday, uh, the daily truth bomb as well. First though, I gotta, we'll get back to the phone lines in just a second to, to let folks chime in on the question we asked at the end of last hour. But I got to lead off just really quick and, and give some mad props to the folks over at Brick House Nutrition because right now I am pulling off like the ultimate dad move right now. My son Noah is now an elite company According to uh, the latest uh, government data, he is one of the very few 11-year-old boys who on a daily basis is ingesting his daily serving of fruits and vegetables. Doesn't happen very often, particularly the uh, vegetable part there at the end. Doesn't happen very often in America today. He is, though, one of the few, the proud, getting his daily serving of fruits and vegetables, you know, those things God made that are like really healthy for us. With like natural sugars and vitamins in the uh, in the fruit part, and those uh, supplements and immunity builders, and the vegetable parts, you know that that's why we're taking all these uh, supplement pills nowadays as adults because we didn't eat that stuff as much as a mom and dad told us to when we were kids. Well, my son Noah is like all over this now, and it's because of Field of Greens. I mean, in his mind, this is like the green machine drink that he likes to get. That also has, like, I believe I looked at the green machine once at Naked Juice. It's naked except for the 97 grams of sugar it contains. Are you serious? It's pretty close. It's like, oh, over, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but it's at least half of that. Oh, my. It's, it's pretty high. All right? So it's naked except for all of the sugar. <laughs> all right? So they left that part not quite naked juice
6: that drink ain't gonna click itself that's Steve. right
2: that's exactly right well somehow they have managed uh they have they have figured out the formula at Brickhouse nutrition because noah is now drinking what he what he what he wanted to get out of his uh, naked juice screen machine minus the 77 grams of sugar that are contained in the other and i gotta thank the folks at Brickhouse nutrition right now he's like asking me when i come home in the afternoons now he's like hey can i have one of those so this is like the ultimate dad move. I did the end round, you know what I'm saying? Got him to eat the stuff, but not the head-on because it wasn't going to work. It was causing, you know, I don't know where I don't know where this strong-headedness thing in the day's children comes from, but I'm really learning to represent it. <laughs> Amy! <laughs> yes! <laughs> I told her before we started having kids, you're going to have to really tone down the intensity level where these children were trying to conceive are just going to be absolutely insufferable at about age 12. Okay, but she didn't listen. You know, and so, you know, here I am meandering through trying to keep things on an even keel. You know, we're flatlining around the day's house. At least when I'm around, you know that. I you mean, better not tell him it has all that good stuff in it, though. He knows it. Oh, he knows? Yeah, he knows. And he still, he knows. He still imbibes it. That yeah. must be really good yeah, stuff. Yeah, because like, I like challenged him when it came in. So I figured the guys at the Blaze here knew what they were talking about. So before I even tried it, I put it on him. And I'm like, I'll bet you you won't like this. You tell me if it's not any good, I'll trust you. I don't know what would have happened if you'd have came back and you'd have been like, it's terrible. i have been like, well, hopefully I like it. <laughs> right? I, didn't think that, I didn't think that next move through. But luckily, the first move worked. And so I got to thank the folks at Brickhouse Nutrition and Field of Greens. If you want your sample of Field of Greens, hey, don't get a sample. Just order it. Free limited time offer right now. Visit BrickhouseSteve.com. Use promo code STEVE. Get 15% off of your first order. Promo code Steve at BrickHouseNutrition.com, or I'm sorry, BrickHouseSteve.com, BrickHouseSteve.com. Experience today, a better you tomorrow. It's really good. And if it wasn't, I wouldn't lie to you, I just, like when I tell you to leave those five-star reviews on the podcast site, don't lie. If you don't like the show, just don't say anything. If it wasn't any good, I just wouldn't say anything. I just throw the promo code out there. I wouldn't say it's good if it's not, but it is. It's, it's really good. All right, let's get back to the phones. 888 uh, 900 Are you buying those poll numbers from our audience that the vast majority of people are fine if you are critical of Trump's behavior, provided you vote the way uh, of his policies. Because if that's true, then, you know, what happened to Mia Love. I mean, all she did was vote the president about 90 some odd percent of the time. Let's go to um, George in Virginia. George, thanks for holding on. What do you think, George?
8: I would have to agree. um, Because if you look at the polls, you know, during the election, um, a lot of folks were not being honest on who they were actually going to vote for because they didn't want people you know whether it was our friends or coworkers <clears throat> or just the general media to know that they were actually going to vote for Trump. Um, so I think it's the same way when it comes to politics is that as long as you're voting with the president, a lot of supporters you know true supporters <clears throat> really don't care as long as you're supporting with the president because you voted for him because you agree with his policies, um, that's what you really want. Um, same way if you look at you know we don't want a yes man either. Uh, you look at a lot of the stations out there, like Fox. They've they've kind of become the yes man, you know, station for the president, and then everyone else in the media is the is the no man. Um, unless you're a diehard Trump supporter um, and you're you're a conservative conservative, like most of your listeners, um, I think they're starting to migrate away from those media outlets, like you know Fox and some other ones, and coming to your your uh, radio stations in the Blaze because we want to hear you know you guys come out and say, this is what you like about the president, this is what you don't like. We don't want you just to continue to say, we like him, we like him, we like him, no matter what he says, because I think everyone on this show and your listeners agree that we don't even like half the stuff he says. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would definitely have to agree with that, um, because, and then the other side to that is, we for most part as uh US citizens should defend the office of, the office of the President of the United States. Even with their uh predecessor with Obama, um, even though I didn't agree with majority of his policies, I hoped every time he got up there on T V that he would end up doing the right thing. He generally disappointed mm-hmm. But I always mm-hmm. hoped that my president would continue to do the right thing. He was a great speaker as opposed to what we have now, and you just hope. So I can kind of see where you know, you're having this discussion where you know, a lot of people don't believe those poll numbers because you know, we don't want our politicians to criticize our president, but we also should not want our president to criticize other politicians. And it's been nasty in, in Washington for a long time. And it should not be the norm. But unfortunately, I think that's where we've gotten to this point. All
2: right. Thanks for your phone call, George. A lot of insightful commentary there, man. Appreciate you listening to us today. Live on the Blaze on demand at CRTV. 888 900 Let's go out to Utah. And that's where uh, Jody is listening to us today. Jody, welcome to the Steve Day Show. We appreciate your patience. What do you think?
1: Oh, not a problem. Um, I think I can buy the, the poll that it's 91% with a caveat, meaning that they are people who understand and appreciate nuance, and Mm -hmm. if they're not, I I can't buy it for a dollar, and that's based on uh, the people that I know and I speak with, and there's a lot that worship at the Altar of the Magic are, Mm -hmm. and it's saying that somehow he... Uh, you know, got some old time religion or whatever. And I, I've never been on the Trump train. I can appreciate when he does something right. And most of the time I'm just cringing going, oh, that's going to leave a mark. Um, but I think the the one thing that I want to add to this, and, and I don't want to take away from where you're trying to go, is there were several outside groups that were very, very anti-Mia Love. And there was a couple of lawsuits generated during the whole um, election cycle that really did her a lot of damage. So Mm -hmm. I don't think it was all just not supporting trump and i think there that's an important point you're raising
2: there's always something local that goes on in the ground usually in these kinds of races that we in the national media aren't aware of because we can't cover everything and so that's a that's an interesting uh, perspective and necessary that you're adding there as well jody appreciate the phone call thanks for listening today okay 888-933-93 888-933-93 let's go to rhode island next susan you're with us here on the blaze on demand at crtv what do you think susan
9: Merry Christmas season, guys, from the People's Thank Republic you. of Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I, you. And congratulations on joining the blaze. That was one of the best decisions Glenn has ever made. I enjoy oh, your immensely. Oh,
2: that's very kind. Thank you.
9: Uh, I say no, and also with a caveat. But I'm high-hawking back to what Glenn went through during the primaries and during the election of 2016, mm-hmm. when he didn't wholeheartedly with thumping his chest, support Trump. His own audience was turning against him. And that's why I say I don't believe it's 91%. It's probably closer to 40 to 50% that say the policies are are what are important. And uh, no, I don't believe the poll. I can see it around here, even in Rhode Island. The Trump supporters, he could actually go out in the middle of Fifth Avenue to quote him and murder someone, and they'd still love him and God forbid you say anything against him. And then you have the whole other flip side, nobody likes him. They just don't like anything he does, and they don't like anything about him. It's pretty stark, the like and the dislike. So that poll, I think, is rather high.
2: I right. appreciate the phone call, Susan. And and uh, what she described, I mean, this is what we face in the industry we work in and have for the last several years, is that careers are made I think Anna Navarro worked for uh, John Huntsman for like three seconds on a campaign once and became a Republican consultant. And I mean, I, I'm not you know the voice in Charlie's Angels connected, but given where I live and the amount of uh, tentacles that go along with run, you know being in the place that uh, is the forerunner in the presidential election, I got a lot of connections. And I never heard the name Anna Navarro ever. Never heard her name in any circles, anywhere I went in the country ever. Now she's a household name. Why is she a household name? Well, I mean, Susan just said. She's made a career out of uh, criticizing Trump no matter what. I mean, it could be, it could be like, you know, a 27-degree day on opening day of Major League Baseball season. And she'll jump on Twitter and say, uh, you know, we have this cold day, the coldest day on record in spring because Trump won't address climate change. And that's why your baseball games are going to suck today. I mean, she's same, made a career out of it. Same
3: thing for an 81 degree day.
2: On yeah, yeah day. Yes, she's made a career out of it, just as we all know the names of the people on the other end who have made their careers out of, you know, praising Trump from whom all blessings flow. You know, I mean, that, and and what Susan articulated there, that's why there's very few places where people like me, regardless of whether we're any good at this or not, could actually work in this industry nowadays. That's just the reality of it. Um, you know, I talk about it in, the, in my forthcoming book, Truth Bombs. How many times I've been called to be on cable news this year, and, or in the last couple of years, sorry, I'm trying to sneeze and trying to hold it. And no, I can't, my bad. But um, how many times I've been called the last couple of years since Trump got into office and, and asked to come on a show And they do the pre-screen interview and then they tell me, well, you don't fit what we're looking for because we're looking for sides, not your opinion. Meaning, you know, like a guy like Ben Shapiro, I would argue Ben Shapiro is the biggest star in conservative media now, which gives me hope because he got there by not compromising with anybody along the way. Um I mean some of the same people I used to frustrate him and I worked at the la- worked together at the last network I was at and some of the same people that were frustrated by me were even more frustrated by him because he was at a bigger stage of his career at that point than I was so I'm ecstatic to see him become I think the number 1 star in our industry because he did it without succumbing to the very dynamic that has overwhelmed the vast majority of conservative media and it's overwhelmed the vast majority of conservative media because it's overwhelmed the vast majority of conservatives. And those are the customers and we're responding to the customers. Okay. There's, there's a small group of fake conservatives who never were conservatives, the Anna Navarros, Jennifer Rubens, etc., Bill crystals. These people were never conservatives. They just weren't, they just weren't Marxists. And so they were fine with the Republican party that really wasn't serious about enforcing the border or all the other stuff we talk about. And so with, they, they don't like Trump. They, they told you it was because of his boorish behavior. It wasn't because of that. If they really cared about boorish behavior, they'd be telling you, vote for almost none of these people, regardless of the na- letter after their name. But it's not about that. It's about the fact that they don't like you and your conservative views. They don't like Trump's base. That's what they really don't like. Yep. They're really progressives. and like Trump's base. And then there's a group of people that have decided that – and they're a very small group of people, which is and, – and they're the token Republicans on these two cable channels. And, and then there's everybody else who have just decided that conservatism has just become whatever Trump says today, the Trump narrative. That's what conservatism is. By the way, that's not any different than the Bush years. Conservatism was whatever the Bush – conservatism was we nation build now uh conservatism is we launched medicare part d the largest welfare state program of all time that was conservatism that's what conservative i mean we've been doing this for a long time guys we've been allowing whoever is the face of the modern republican party to determine what conservatism is my entire career it's just we've never had a face as brash as trump be the face that's that's all that's changed the game has not changed I had Republicans trying to get to get me off the air on my local show when I didn't go along with let's just stay in Iraq forever and, you know, create new entitlements. I didn't go along with that. And they didn't like me then either. Just like I don't go along with let's not defund Planned Parenthood, but let's, you know, um, uh, uh, let's uh, just grow government bigger than it's ever grown and have more debt than ever before. This is that nothing has really changed. It's just the flavor is stronger. Of the same cake we've always had let's get one more in here andrew in nebraska what do you think andrew
8: thanks steve um i have to disagree with the poll 100 percent. just what i've seen is it's you live by the trump or you die by the trump if you don't support trump you're not a republican and you obviously voted for hillary clinton and i there's mm-hmm. a local radio host it's a good friend of mine and i've gone round and round with him on some of this stuff
0: and I just don't seem to understand it.
2: Yeah, I've never really understood the, because if a vote for Hillary, if a vote, if, if not voting for Trump is a vote for Hillary, then aren't you actually asking me to vote? Then if I'm not voting for Hillary, why isn't that also a vote for Trump? So aren't you kind of asking me to vote for Trump twice? Yeah, See what I just did, just, did there.
0: Just yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a law of well, philosophy. Hillary. It, it, what, what your friend is arguing is, it, is what we call in philosophy and argumentation a fallacy. The way you can tell you're arguing a fallacy is if the inverse of what you're arguing you wouldn't apply to yourself or if it's false. All right. So if it's true that, of, that not voting for Trump was a vote for Hillary, then it has to be true that, a vote, that not voting for Hillary was also a vote for Trump. Otherwise, you've argued a fallacy. Now, there's another really complicated word for fallacy that our audience is probably much more um, aware of. Um, and it's uh, probably heard used far more often. It's longer than fallacy, though. It's bull. Well, you know the rest. That's that, that's the other, that's like the technical jargon term for fallacy is bull bleep. That's what it is. Andrew in Nebraska, thank you for the call. All right. You guys have a quick thought on this before we move on to today's truth, Mom, from what you heard from the audience?
6: Uh, fallacies are just easier. This is, this is making the point we talked earlier about, uh, straw men and, uh, why people like them, uh, because, uh, they're easier once you embrace them and just admit that's what you are other than doing the heavy lifting, uh, of explaining, uh, uh, nuance, uh, on the Republican side too, yes. And look at what we've done over the—just throwing out states' rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, private business gets to do whatever we want. People don't—they've—that's really, comfortable to them. But if you have to start drawing distinctions, they—they. Uh, they, Either they're unable or they don't want to do that. This is why um, you, why we often get pantsed in debates um, because we aren't uh, able to uh, articulate issues. Why uh, you know Rick, Rick Perry is Rick a perfect example. Back in the day, I don't want to close down go to Texas. No, but Nothing stronger than Texas will secede. When he was asked which departments he wanted to get rid of, he had no idea on a public <laughs> stage. Um, so you just become a caricature. It is easier on both sides. People love it. Hmm. Well,
2: that was a truth bomb right there. Let's get to today's truth bomb brought to you. Again, this is a totally contrived uh, show device to draw and hopefully— NAB, more pre-orders for my next book. Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believe. To our own demise. There you see on the cover the endorsement uh, from Mark Levin. We've been uh, featuring Ben Shapiro the last couple of days, but we've got the great one on there as well. Got a back cover endorsement from somebody that a lot of our audience is familiar with, Glenn Beck. He's also interviewed in the book too. Available right now. If you're looking, if you're, if you've got one, if, if you've got like one of the nine people that actually like this show and your family, and you can't think of what to buy him for Christmas, here you go. Uh, pre-orders right now. Book. Available on bookstores nationwide and shipping from Amazon come January the 15th. Truth Bombs. Here is today's Truth Bomb. And it was a, it's a tweet that I saw from my buddy Joel Rosenberg, who sold a few more books than me. And, and he was tweeting out uh, his take on uh, a Hamas leader who is furious uh, over the – for those of you that know, Hamas is a terrorist organization, by the way. Uh, who is furious over the U.S.'s efforts to push an unprecedented U.N. General Assembly resolution. condemning condemning the terrorist group over its rocket fire on Israel, its incitement to violence, and its sprawling grid of terror tunnels. Now, this is again where, like we talked about the other day with the GM tweet, because of the world we live in, it's hard not to immediately conform to this binary tribalism interpretation of this tweet, which is Trump wants to take their subsidies away, that's good, or Trump wants to take their subsidies away. That's bad. No, you're not. Look, you're not reading it right. Okay, as the great prophet Chris Tucker once said, "Do you understand the words that is coming out of my mouth?" All right, the the proper response to the GM tweet the other day is, "What in the Sam Hill are we giving arguably the biggest corporation on planet Earth subsidies for?" That's the reaction. The, the if, if you really if you if you immediately jumped to Trump. And then determine what you thought that your response should be. Once from his name there, congratulations, uh, you're not thinking straight. Similarly, here, okay, make sure we read what's actually written here. Hamas leader is furious over the U.S.'s effort. Now, here's the key phrase to push an unprecedented, that's your key word even, unprecedented. See, the real story here is that word, that it is unprecedented that the United States would push for the condemnation of a terrorist organization at the UN on one hand, and then on the other hand, it is unprecedented that the UN would consider said condemnation. That's the story. Don't bury the lead here. That's the story. Read the words. Don't read into the words. Read what's written, not what you think is written or assume is written. Essentially, what you learn in this tweet is that according to Hamas, the Trump administration is the most pro-Israel administration we've ever had. And I'm not old enough to remember the positions Reagan took on things like two-state solutions and others, I don't know the answer. But the whole two-state solution, by the way, that was a creation of the Bush State Department, the first President Bush. That's a Jim Baker fa- fantasy. That's that's where that goes back to. And then the Clintonistas adopted it when they took over. Why? Because be- what did I just say an hour ago? Bad Republicans always what? Lead the worst Democrats every time. Count on it. I don't care if it's a county election, city election, uh, state legislature, president of the United States. Bad Republicans lead to worse Democrats every time. So what? What, and what that tweet is telling you is two things. Here's your truth bomb today. It's actually, it's actually, you get a twofer. Two for Thursday. It doesn't rhyme, but we're gonna go with it. Um, one, this is the according to Hamas, the Trump administration is the most pro-Israel administration In recent memory. Because to them, it's unprecedented that the United States would push the Security Council to condemn their terrorism. That's the first truth bomb there. The allegedly anti Semitic president whose daughter married a Jewish guy, who's essentially the shadow government right now, for being honest. Let's just drop some truth bombs here in the truth bomb segment. All right. Javanka is literally doing what the left believe Dick Cheney did in the Bush years. That's what they're doing right now. All right? We, we, we keep asking, who, who, who voted Republican three and a half weeks ago wants this judicial reform bill to be their last priority in the majority? I'll tell you who. Javanka. That's who. That's the answer. That's the priority they want, and that's why they're getting it right now. Okay? And so the, pres- the, the anti-Semitic president acknowledged the embassy, turned his presidency, or at least a solid portion of it over, to an unelected Jewish guy who married into his family. But he's an anti-Semite. But don't just believe me. Listen, Hamas. If anybody knows a damn thing about anti-Semitism, who do you think it is? A terrorist Probably Hamas. Yeah. yeah. And so Hamas is telling you that the Trump administration is the most pro-Israel administration they've ever encountered because they've, this is unprecedented pushback from the U.S. Those are their words. Not mine. Those are their words. Are those not their words? They are their words. Those are their words. You've got an endorsement of Trump's pro-Israel position from Hamas. Where else could you get a better one than that, guys? You couldn't. Unless Saladin came back from the grave, that's the best one you're going to get. Okay? Here's the other thing. It, 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 the, the other side of the coin here, though, is that it's unprecedented for the UN Security Council. To condemn one of the most notorious terrorist organizations on the planet, in the world.
6: Everybody's clear that it's bad, that it's unprecedented. We just have very different reasons for why yes. we think so. Yeah, that's that's not good, guys. That's that's is that bad? Yes, <laughs> that's the ultimate Costanza because if I had been told at any point <laughs> yes. that this whole launching nukes at them or, or launching whistles at them was uh, women and children was bad I might have d- thought about it but you know we're 30 40 years down the road why are we talking about this now he actually has a point
2: yes the the here why are we in the UN yes. that's the question Why? why why what is it good for? Absolutely yeah. nothing. Say, Say it again. again. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah, uh, what do we do? What, what do we do this for?
6: Why don't you like the sharing, ball, Steve, <laughs> it's it is like it's like public. That's what you and it's because like- I
2: don't want to share with Hamas because they won't share with me. I can't share with people who won't share with me. When you've decided you won't share with me, then. One person gets the ball and the other doesn't. It yeah. becomes a zero sum game at that point,
6: right? Yeah, and the lead, and the teachers at the UN are the ones who you know every other kid who you know gives a cap or, crap at who is trying is held hostage by the teacher. Constantly have to remind uh, uh, Timmy to use his inside voice and you know stop pulling uh, uh, Sally's hair. Uh, that that that's the UN. I mean, the the, the fact that guys like him. Uh, the Hamas leader are actually on the UN what Civil Rights Council yeah. on a regular yes. basis. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah any, I mean, this I, is this is most icely levels of scum and villainy, is what you're describing. Go ahead, Aaron.
3: Yeah, I, I would say any organization um, like this where uh, Liechtenstein gets the same amount of say as the United States, or maybe Swaziland gets the same amount of Liechtenstein uh, 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 of, of say as the United States. Um, should not be taken seriously. Yet we do, and we provide them so much. What seriously? Why did we? Why did we? Why did we invent the UN? Why did we get into that? Oh, to prevent war. Well, that's really,
2: that's, precisely. And apparently, way you prevent war worked. is you just give the bad guys everything they want. Yeah, that will probably, Listen, I'll yeah. give them this. If we're going to be honest, it that's, is Truth Bombs, is the name of the segment. Hey. That will prevent a war when you just preemptively give the bad guys whatever they want. You know,
3: that's. That, that, it, it
2: works.
6: It's
3: called the Chamberlain model for a reason, and it's never failed. <laughs>
2: we're going to say Todd.
6: Oh, at at least in the original Star Wars, you know, at Moss Isley, You know, if Walrus Man gets out of line, you cut his arm off, or Greedo gets a shot in the gut. I would the, be in favor the UN that. is the the, the the new souped up. T- where, where they're Han Solo mod. The first. UN is
2: mod in the Star Wars holiday special, just walking around pouring <laughs> blue milk and singing badly out of tune to Art Carney. And nobody knows that, right?
6: It happened, though.
2: It's... But that actually happened once. There's a truth bomb. George Lucas made that. And little Stevie was doing those cutout cookies with Grandma Myrna that, that night in December of 1978. Boy, wait,ing up. Wait, When you have been as let down and betrayed <laughs> at such a young age as I was by the Star Wars Holiday Special live <laughs> on CBS that night. Oh, you remember. You remember, my friend. You remember. Yes. Yes. Where were we? Oh, truth the UN. Bombs. Yeah, truth bombs. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm sorry. That was, that was a bad, painful memory. Jefferson Starship. Remember they performed like in the virtual reality for like uh, Chewbacca's uh, (laughs) father-in-law. Do you remember that? I don't. Everything I'm saying right now. Have you guys never seen this? I
3: oh, I went to poker night uh, one time. Oh, so yeah, and you forced uh, us to watch. It's the
2: December tradition at our monthly poker night. Is we is the television offering is the Star Wars holiday special, so that other people can be subjected to. UN levels of, um, uh, uh, of human depravity. That's how bad this is. But the, but the UN serves no point except one. It legitimizes people like that guy. Yep. That's all, that's the, that, you, the UN is the loss, is what the UN is to, the UN is to, to oppressors, thugs, dictators and tyrants and criminals What the Las Vegas Strip originally was to Bugsy Siegel and Lucky Luciano. It's a legitimizer. It's a front for us to continue uh, and maintain some form of legitimacy while we continue to run a black market uh, and a racket underneath, uh, you know, down the street. That's really what it is. It's a front organization for the most terrible people on planet Earth. Hey, if you didn't listen to my warning earlier in the program today, let me repeat. Uh, You want to get a hold of Home Title Lock right now. $100 value for free at HomeTitleLock.com. They're going to scan and look for threats against maybe the most valuable asset that the vast majority of Americans will ever be able to obtain uh, in their lifetimes. That's the equity in your home, which is secured by the title to your home, and it's something that is being targeted heavily right now by criminals because these are all online. In years past, they were not. And now they're all online and, and able to hack into systems and to, and to frame your, and forge your signature. I, at home Title Lock showed me how easy it was for somebody to forge my signature. I mean, it heck, looked a heck of a lot like my signature. So $100 value for nothing. Just to see if anybody has targeted you, if you go online to hometitlelock.com, right now. And then if you decided to sign up, it's just pennies a day to protect your biggest asset. If you have a lot of rental properties, that's a lot of different home titles you got to keep track of. If you've got family members who are retirees and maybe not the most tech savvy, they're the most vulnerable because they're not tech savvy, but also chances are they've got more equity in their home than the average American and the home may even be paid off as well. So they're they're the easiest targets they go after protect them as well just pennies a day via home title lock and it's free right now to find out if your home has been threatened home title lock dot com that's home title lock dot com all right let's get to this week's theology thursday we continue going through the study of paul's letter to the church at colossi it's otherwise known as the book of colossians where it dawned on me i got about nine emails last week from people telling me hey We've never heard you guys do this before, and you never told us where you were actually at. You just said you were in Colossians. Duh, you're right. (laughs) I didn't. Details, shmeetails, right? All right. So we're in Colossians chapter 2, okay? And we're going to start in verse 16. And boy, is this, this is prevalent in any era, but particularly the one we live in right now. Therefore, St. Paul writes, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you by insisting on asceticism, the worship of angels, Going on in details about visions, puffed up without reason by their sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you die to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, do not dance. I'm sorry, that's not in there. I'm I'm sorry, I threw that in there, my bad. Referring to things that all perish as they are used according to human precepts and teachings with a question mark. Meaning Paul is incredulous. He's incredulous that you would allow yourself to be enslaved to the same worldly standards and traditions that Christ just sets you free from. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom. I love that. That's a masterful troll, right? Like imagine you came home one day and said, mom, you know, I really think, mom, you need to let me get away with this because, and you like thought it all the way through. You're like, Ralphie, you thought through why you need that Red Rider BB gun, man. You wrote it out, right? And you hand it to your mom. And instead of saying, you'll shoot your eye out. Imagine if she, she says to you, That has the appearance of wisdom. (laughs) That's that's a devastating troll. That's like the let's just be friends of philosophy right there. Right? That's that. That. You cut me deep, Shrek. That is a master of. And Paul is not always subtle, by the way. So if you want to. Steve, what's your best evidence of divine inspiration of this? That line's pretty good. Because Paul's much more like you're a son of the devil. uh, You're crap. You're a moron. You're an idiot. Don't let that person talk. They're dumb, stupid. Throw them out. That's kind of more how he rolls, all right? For him to drop this master subtlety here, that is coming only from the spirit, not some guy named Paul. Uh, who, all the
6: wannabe Gnostics out there, like he's talking about me right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah.
2: Was, like, was that a compliment? I can't tell. I mean, he said I had the appearance of wisdom. I mean, was that a, was that a, did that I just get slammed? I can't tell. Do I look pretty? What is he saying? Better than heretic. Yeah. <laughs> that wins that that wins today right there well done millennial these have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body but they are of no value you have an appearance and then your mom comes back with well you know honey that has an appearance of wisdom but your dad and I talked it over and it just has absolutely no value But they, gosh, I love this guy, but they are of no value when I, I want to be like this when I grow up. Just you walked in with like a stiletto, literally carved someone's pancreas out. Right. And then like put put the skin back together and the mark of the surgery is there. But they like are totally unaware. Meanwhile, you're like holding it and showing it to them. That's what this is. Okay. They have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. This is, this is masterful. This is, that's a mic drop right there. That is the theological version of like the best your mama joke, the best put down, the best own. That's like every Chris Christie meme. Times 10,000 is right there. Here's what, here's what I think this means. Because here's one of the rules of our Bible study. We don't ask or talk about, here's what this means for me. Nobody cares. Uh, you suck. You're a sinner. You're bound for hell, and you want to go there. So we don't care what it means for you. We do care, though, what it means. We do care what it means, not what it means for you, okay? Uh, so, but here's what it, I think it means. What I think it means is why in the world would we divide ourselves and hold ourselves prisoner to the things of this temporary world when now that we are believers, we have been given direct access to essentially the things of forever, to the things that are undefeated in all of the cosmos, not just won the last election or won the Nielsens last night, but like real power. Like, let's make Mars power, like real power. Why would we... Settle for less. You know, one of CS C. S. Lewis, Lewis's great lines, which is a little bit like saying, one of my favorite pieces of Hershey chocolate. You ever had a bad piece of Hershey's chocolate? Name me, hey, here now here's a trivia conquest contest. All right, let's open up the phone lines. Bad C. S. Lewis lines go. <laughs> That's going to be a tough contest to win, okay? But one of my—maybe a better way of saying is one of my favorite C.S. Lewis lines. Aim for heaven, you will get earth thrown in. Aim for earth, you will get neither. That's a little bit of what Paul is more masterfully saying right here. And he is talking to a church that is coming apart because of these kinds of divisions. Meaning he's not saying—Paul is arguing, this is an argument, this is a debate— He argues and debates all throughout his letters and all throughout his epistles. He is not saying not to argue into the debate. I, I am confident that if he were sitting right here today with Todd and I, he would not say, oh, I'm not telling you not to debate Sola Scriptura or the Magisterium. I'm not telling you not to debate that. I'm telling you to actually debate that. Rather than debating how much bourbon should, can I have and not be a sinner. If, if, is twerking a sin or the waltz? Which dance can I not do? He would tell you that's the debate. He would tell you you're not having that debate. You're debating stupid crap. Have the debate that actually determines the future of civilizations and human souls. Not the debates that often determine how, whether you feel pretty about yourself and your particular way of life this week. That's the debates we typically have.
6: Well, I think there's a little bit of, I think, what was it, Tertullian, who said, uh, what has uh, Athens to do with Jerusalem? I think there's a little bit uh, uh, of that in here. Not that, and I think that's the argument you just made. Not that ph- philosophy is bad, but it has to be subservient to the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing, and, and then you'll be okay. If you don't do that, we're right there, square one, and idol worship problems, and you aren't uh, uh, actually saved. You refuse to to make the main thing. And they actually refer to their, uh, he refers to their, what? The, well, how does he put it? The, wor- the worship of angels? Mm-hmm. I mean, look at that. Th- that is a classic. When I say um, how many angels dance on the head of a pin, this mm-hmm. is a timeless problem of uh, being too smart by half within with and without christendom i mean you you aren't capable of keeping your eye on the ball and serving who or what is actually the master you keep making new masters everywhere else and pretty soon it's that game of um telephone you forget what you were supposed to be talking about in the first place you're still uh, this is why my church right now just had 21st century secular authorities they don't have much moral high ground to stand on, but nonetheless, they are the ones who had to step in and raid the, the house of the uh, Archbishop of Galveston, Houston, who is now in charge of the U.S. Council of Catholic Bishops, to see if there's some secret documents about uh, a cover-up regarding a priest abuse scandal. Uh, That's why this happens. Mm -hmm. You forget what the main thing is, and the monsters that will come out of that are even bigger than what can come out of a secular environment. When you start to morph what started with God, you know who's the 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 poster child for that? Uh, His name is the devil.
3: Yeah, and this goes back to the conversation we have uh, fairly often about convictions and positions, and it seems like everybody has 500 convictions, and there will—that uh, is 500 hills to die on. And when you start doing that, and you start, you, you, and you start uh, arguing about just about anything, uh, one—I think at some point um, you can be at risk at losing your um, at losing your testimony with, with certain people. At the same time, as well, you, when you're not keeping the main thing, the main thing, you are forever distracted, because you have all of these other things that you're that you're trying to, uh, whether it's um, whatever mo- your motivation is, you're trying to defend, you're trying to argue about, you are forever distracted, and your eyes are not upon your Savior. Really, at the end of the day. Um, and so again, it, this, I think this goes back to the conversation we have about convictions and positions. When you have three or four convictions, you know, it really makes the rest of the stuff, whether it's the carpet in the sanctuary or the uh, style of music and whether or not guitars are of the devil, it, it, that stuff just becomes pretty, pretty irrelevant in the grand scheme of things.
2: Going to what you just said. Again, this is, again, where I think, based on what Paul is saying here, you he would say, have the actual argument that's worthy of having rather than the one you prefer to waste your time with. When, I, I've heard arguments from, from my fellow evangelicals. One of the reasons the Catholic Church is going through this right now, again, is its over-reliance on tradition. I would disagree, actually. I would actually say it's the exact opposite. I, you're, 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 this is happening in your church because of an under reliance on tradition, yeah. or maybe a better way of putting it is a substitutionary tradition. Instead of actually adhering to tradition, they decided that the that their own tradition was preferable. I mean, tradition has comes with it um, observations like this one I've quoted often from Augustine. There are many wolves within, many sheep without. All right and that's what he's talking about within the church there are many wolves but that are but there are many sheep without a shepherd that's the that's the reason this went on is because those leaders didn't adhere this maxim from augustine and shepherd the flock but instead they fed or themselves were the wolves that's why this happened okay and so i think it, it, hey if you believe if you believe all dancing is sinful now, I don't know how somebody looks at the waltz, a wedding waltz and twerking and comes to the conclusion those um, those inspire the exact same lustful thoughts, but you know what then you know what? okay, I, I think it's silly, but cool I'm, I, I don't I don't need to to break fellowship with you over that and you know nor do i think that i'm not i really don't believe in reformed theology if i don't have a glass of bourbon for dinner every night i mean these are the sorts of things if you look at every major church study in the last in recent times and you'll go look this up and they'll tell you the number one and top the number one and number two reasons people leave a church are not doctrine moral failure or anything of that nature it is dress code and music choice and style those are always the top two reasons. It's just a matter of which order they're in. That is that is directly what Paul is confronting here. He's not saying to stay at a bad church and just put up with the fact that you, the 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 pastor's uh, you know uh, is, is trolling the youth ministry pool. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is that's why you leave a church. You don't leave the church because you're like, well, you know, I was here last week, man, and uh, it was unplugged. And, you know, this week we have an electric guitar, and I just don't think Jesus would play that somehow. 5,000 G. That's what he's talking about. But that's often the reason we do things. We, we, the, the, the evangelical church, and that just came out of a decade of what were called the music wars. Why are we going to war over music? Why? If you don't like the—here's the thing. And that doesn't mean, by the way, if the music style is something you can't connect to— then just go to a church. We only have, like 29,714 sects and denominations of Protestant Christianity. I'm sure you can find one without making a clown out of yourself that would play a music style that is comfortable to you and you connect with. So just go do that rather than, um, you know dropping a nuclear bomb on your own congregation and splitting it. That is what Paul is talking about here. Now, I want to, I want, there's one key word that I want to focus on before we run out of time because it is so germane to what's happening in the culture and in the church right now. The word asceticism. What did it mean in Paul's day? What it meant in Paul's day was a false sense of religiosity based off of self-denial. Meaning that if I don't, I, I, you know, if, if, in, in the first century, it would be someone who would say, you know, I'm pretty confident right now there's someone falsely imprisoned in Rome and I, I just don't think that's right. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not eating today. But they didn't do it because they, like, really want solidarity with that person. They want you to know they're doing it. They want their, they want their social justice warrior points and credibility. Meaning, it's funny, we've got a whole lot of evangelicals that before Donald Trump came along, didn't really care so much about racial reconciliation in the church. Funny, never came up. Weird. So you mean we didn't have, I, I don't know, I thought we had heavily segregated churches long before Donald Trump came around. Don't you, Aaron? Yeah, were, there, were there a lot of black folks bit. at your church, Aaron, on a Sunday? Yeah, yeah. You mean all the black people were there, and then Donald Trump came along and in 2015, poof, exodus poof, gone, yeah. black flight. No, it, Sunday mornings are pretty segregated around here long before Donald Trump came down the escalator. Okay, that's what Paul means by asceticism. This stuff's fake. It's phony. It's spirit of the age. You're not drawing closer to God. You're trying to impress man. It's the other way around. And that's what's going on right now. You got a whole lot of white folks in the Christian church that made a whole lot of money peddling books and speeches to other white folks who didn't have anything to say about racial reconciliation in 2014. Man, that was so long ago. We were just as segregated. We were just as divided racially in the church in 2014 as we are now. But now suddenly, I got all kinds of things to say about it, and I'm woke and and asked me to speak at your conference. And now I'm a black Christian preacher who's going to go by my Muslim birth name or whatever the hell that guy's act is. All right? That's what Paul means. This is fake. It's asceticism. It's not the gospel. And that absolutely is a trend line we're seeing happen right now. Meaning, and so how do you know if you're fake, if you're like, you know, like those nuns who take the vow of poverty, I, I think I'm going to, you know, I'm going to just extend Lent for the next nine months and not eat. But then when those nuns were sued by their own government for not violating their vow of chastity, and you had nothing to say about that and thought, well, you know, we need to be tolerant. Uh, Paul, is, Paul is reaching down through the hand of history right now and saying you're a lying freaking fraud that's what he means by asceticism and i I wanted to make sure we made that point here today before we ran out of time because he uses that word he repeats it several times in the very passage we just went through here today don't fall for the latest fake religiosity scam that i'm especially pious and watch how i'm suffering for the disadvantaged no you're suffering for you brah for you and let's just keep it real as the kids say today final thoughts Todd and Aaron
6: well that's why in the Catholic Church every Ash Wednesday uh it's uh, read about uh uh what uh, the Lord has to say about uh, uh almsgiving uh and and uh fasting uh and prayer and he tells us to keep the main thing what does that mean this this I'm not asking you to do this it's not about you it's it's not giving glory to you yeah it's he's giving glory thing.
2: to him yeah he's the main thing
3: Lest we fall into the pit or the traps that we just described, always, always, always be very critical of your own motivations. Mm,
2: good advice. You've been very non-millennial today. It's like you're growing up right now.
3: Just wait till tomorrow.
2: Thank you. John 317.
3: This is Steve Dace.
6: On the Blaze Radio Network.